Alex, I'm upset. I'm upset because the regular season is over. But at the same time, at the same time, we get on to the playoffs, which are honestly, I'm digging the extra team in, in each uh, conference. And it's this. Shaping, it, it's shaping up also. I mean, I, I love that all these promos, they're talking about this super wild card weekend. And I kind of dig it. it. I, I kind of love having a, a you know, in, in the past, we've had the Saturday has the afternoon game and then like the early afternoon game or the, mm-hmm. the late afternoon game. And then Sunday is the morning and, and like one o'clock game if we're on the West Coast here. But now we have a Sunday night game. We have a Saturday morning Two game. Two full days of playoffs? Day. Oh, mm. sign me right Thank up. But what better way to have this ridiculous looking postseason that, that we're about to head to? When let, Let's recap what we had in the regular season real quick. We is, if you remember, we had a wide receiver that started as a quarterback. The Browns made the playoffs with the Patriots not making them. We had Tom Brady is a buck. We had the running back hit 2,000 rushing yards, which is something that we talked about like four weeks ago. Shout out to you, Ray Rodriguez, for bringing that up. Uh, Patreon sponsor at Big Backbox. We had a rookie quarterback for 30-plus th- for touchdowns. We have a Bills quarterback is a MVP candidate. And best of all, Alex, we had a team without a name win a division title and make the playoffs. Without a name and without a winning record. Could you have imagined... <laughs> You couldn't make this season up. If you told me all this was going to happen last year, I'd slap you for being so stupid. But Alex, what better way to talk about week 17, the last week of the regular season, by just getting into things with our first game, which was the Dolphins at the Bills, with the Dolphins getting routed in a must win if they really want to make the playoffs. Josh Allen and the Bills make an emphatic statement in their route of the Dolphins with a 56-26 victory. And the thing is, the offseason is going to be very, 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 very important for Tua Tagovailoa because with if he doesn't develop, especially after three, uh, ending the season on the three-interception uh, outing, it's not good, and Dolphins already probably wish they just took Justin Herbert. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is kind of a it, – it's almost a nightmare scenario for the, the Dolphins because they have a couple forces working against them here. They've already established that two is going to be their starter going into 2021. But a couple issues with that. A, they're a good team, and good teams don't typically have the option of picking in the top three, especially in a quarterback-heavy draft like this. Um I mean, I know they've already kind of they, – they've made that stance that two is going to be their starter for 2021. But in a in a crazy scenario where the Jets pass up on a quarterback, what does that front office do if they're faced with Justin Fields or Tua? Do they scramble? Do they try to make it to see if, if there's any sort of market for Tua? Try to trade him, um, you know, maybe get a late first rounder back, get some other draft capital, draft Justin Fields and kind of wash your hands clean of Tua. Um, you know, do you – draft them an offensive tackle um, big issue with that is Pene Sewell uh, best tackle in all of college football but but Pene Sewell is the best left tackle in all of college football Tua Tagovailoa is a left-handed quarterback can he make that transition to right tackle as easy as um, you know other tackles can do you want to spend that much draft capital on a right tackle instead of a left tackle. Now that you have Tua, Tua's not there for the long time. 
Can you then transfer Sewell back over to left tackle? A lot of moving parts. He's the only left-handed quarterback in the NFL starting right now. So that just kind of throws a little bit of a wrench into, to, you know, traditional thinking here. Um, but also what, it, what kind of worries me about this game is I think Tua looked like the third best quarterback that played today. I mean, Matt Barkley looked almost better than Tua. It was weird. It was weird. Without Fitzpatrick on the rest of course, he was out due to COVID-19. I think he caught her a tracer, whatever the hell. You couldn't, you didn't have your closer, you know, Mm. the closer that we talked about last week. It, 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 he didn't, I mean, it's a good Bills defense. It's a young quarterback. He can't, he, I mean, don't get me wrong. Tua has the potential to grow into an NFL starter. But if we're talking right now, he's not one. Just, I mean, Fitzpatrick is clearly the best quarterback on the roster. You're, there's going to be some work to be done, at least here for the Dolphins. You have two first-round draft picks, all thanks to the legend, Bill O'Brien. So at yeah. least you have a little bit to fall back on. At least Josh Allen, uh, and let's talk about the other quarterback of the three that played. He, it, uh, honestly, I think right now, one, two, it's Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen with Patrick Mahomes behind the two. Because he finishes with 38 passing touchdowns, 8 rush touchdowns, a receiving touchdown with only 10 interceptions with almost a 70% completion percentage. Who, we, I would never thought we'd say this about Josh Allen, in, in, not in terms of touchdowns, but in terms of the completion percentage. This exactly. is crazy. He was looking like a 50% clip when he uh, uh, when entered the draft. So 20% is nothing short of amazing. But real quick, Alex, I know you were talking about your defensive player of the year at the very beginning of the season so we're back 17 weeks now you said tj watt tj watt clear front runner along with aaron donald of course he, who's always in the conversation by default but can we talk about xavier howard because he becomes the first player since antonio rogers Cromartie in 2007 to amass 10 interceptions in a single season how good are his chances at winning this award or is it just you know, a pass rusher thing i I, 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 unfortunately, I, I think it's going to hurt his case that a cornerback won it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think Stephon Gilmore winning doesn't help his case because, you know, we, we've, we've kind of, uh, the, the media gets old. Um, the media kind of gets tired of the same narrative super quickly. And we saw the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes won last year, the MVP race. So you don't really want to give it to him again. You don't mm-hmm. want to give it to a cornerback again. TJ Watt led the league in so many different categories, so many different categories that affected the game in such a direct manner. I mean, interceptions are a great statistic when you're counting, but um, a lot of the times they can be variable depending on what court, what quarterback you're going against, you know, random tips, everything like that. But getting after the pass rusher is something that, um, you know, the elite guys can definitely separate mm-hmm. themselves. And unfortunately I think Xavier Howard is going to fall third in this race because TJ Watt, I think is going to win it, which, you guys heard it or not but i call it's it at the beginning of the year <laughs> right um and uh aaron donald's the best player on the planet that puts on football pads every sunday so mm-hmm. um i think he's just going to get third by default but he yeah. had an incredible year um you know brian flores you know ran this defense incredibly well this year him and byron jones might be the best quarterback cornerback combo in the nfl so um y- you know there's a lot of things to build on here with the uh um, the Dolphins and and I think you know kind of going under the radar and, and I know this is not what Dolphins fans want to hear but because they missed the playoffs and um, because they lost this game I think they jumped like three or four draft picks because when you get into the playoffs it's now automatically um, bomb 14 
Yeah, well, it's bottom 14, and you had the two NFC teams that had mm-hmm. worse record than them. So yeah. that would have put them up there you know, a couple spots. So now they're drafting in the middle of the first round instead of towards the back half. So Honestly, um, this loss is not the worst thing. I don't no, think that Dolphins would be able to compete um, in the playoffs. I don't think they were going to win a game. So there's not really the point. You get better draft position, and you're going to be able to – the Dolphins have one hell of a future ahead of them. Um, they're going to at least be in the AFC Championship game within the next five years. If they make it to the Super Bowl within these five years – I will not be surprised about this team. Not at all. Now, our next game on the talk is, of course, the Ravens at the Bengals. The Ravens taking this one in a very close 38-3 blowout as the Ravens secured their playoff spot in another route of the Bengals. And it kind of feels like ever since, let's put in quotes, the cramps, that Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense has just felt a little bit different. They felt like they've been clicking a little more. I'm pretty sure it's not because of Lamar Jackson, though. It's because of this run game that amassed almost another 300 rushing yards in, in this week's action. And, I mean, they've been averaging 38 points per game over the last four weeks. And it feels like they're kind of maybe, maybe they're like the Tampa Bay Bucks, where they're hitting in stride going to the playoffs. But they also haven't really been winning their last couple of games against solid teams and solid defenses. So it might skew it a little bit while they're hitting strike, but it's going to be a different competition coming to the um, first round of the playoffs. Well, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you know, you, you say all these things and it looks great on paper. And, and actually, they, they ran for over 400 yards last week, which Thank is you. an incredible number. My gosh. I mean, I think they ran like 52 times for 404 yards. Be nice to have 400 yards total offense. Ridiculous number. But, I mean, you go on the road against the Browns and the cramp game where there's almost a combined 90 points, excuse me, scored in that whole game. And then you go at home against the Jags, at home against the Giants, Mm -hmm. on the road against the Bengals. You're not, you know, exactly going against a murderer's row here. So, um, I, I don't know if this is a case of, they're hitting their stride or you know maybe this is a case of they're playing the right teams at, at the right time and it's probably more than you know, argument they're, they're, here i mean so, they're, they're they're just they're getting back to what they do well i think a lot of the noise was lamar can't throw let's you know let's prove that he can drop back and he can run this spread style offense where there's a lot of throwing there's deep passes there's intricate pass routes but you know, there's no shame in just doing what you're good at. Lamar is incredible in the zone read game. When you're, you know, pulling your your tight ends, you're you got Patrick Ricard in there at fullback, running the the lead plays. You know, just running all these very intricate offensive schemes, all based on the around the run game, and then you're throwing off of that run game. There's no shame in that. You, you can win playoff games like that. And you saw that the Niners do that all last year. They got them to the Super Bowl. With Jimmy G throwing under 20 times in an NFC Championship game. Well, do you think the Niners got to the Super Bowl almost won because of Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> no. no chance. That's no. exactly. But but here's the thing is, like, Lamar's a competent passer when everyone is worried about the run game. And they mm-hmm. have, you know, seven, eight guys in the box. And Marquise Hollywood-Brown's got a one-on-one on the outside. Des Bryant is now an actual red zone threat, which you never would have thought. I love Mark it. <laughs> catch, and catches anything around him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have they have game breakers on the outside. They have players that can catch the ball. If you're talking game breaker, don't, don't forget about the GOAT, Justin Tucker, okay? He, exactly. He's a kicker, but he's you a game a breaker. You can kick it anywhere between 65 and, uh, you know, 19 yards. So, 
you know, this this Ravens offense does not need to get super intricate. They need to run the ball. They need to throw off the run game, and that's it. That's how they're going to win. That's exactly Hey, the Ravens' game plan. Look to the Titans. That's your game plan, too. Run the ball and then pass off the run with a play action or Lamar Jackson just uh, taking himself. Yeah. This game might last two hours. How quick they're gonna? They're just gonna. Everyone's gonna be chewing the clock up, running the ball, <laughs> running the ball. It's gonna be incredible. I'm, I'm. This is the game I'm most excited for. I'm really looking forward to it too. Now the next game, staying within that division though, we had the Steelers at the Browns, a Ben Roethlisberger-less Steelers, and then multiple other starters. But we had the Browns only winning by two in 24-22 game. In a must win, if they want to make the playoffs, they have to win this game. And you're going against Mason Rudolph, and Baker Mayfield gets outperformed, outplayed, outthrown, outpassed by Mason Rudolph. I mean, hey, hey, let's let's put a little respect on Mason Rudolph in his revenge game, because of course we all remember the greatness of last week, last year's Week 17, where he took a helmet from miles garrett right to the dome and he was out for revenge in this one alex i mean baker about 200 yards uh, a passing touchdown you know mason rudolph 315 yards two touchdowns in this one against a, a brown team that's supposed to i don't know what to think of them now because they're limping to the playoffs. sure they made it but now you you barely beat the steelers team you you lost to a jets team and you are out your head coach, Evan Zavansky, and about your entire coaching staff because of COVID and COVID tracing. You have your special teams coordinator serving as your interim head coach against the Steelers again, a team that you barely beat with them super depleted. It's over for the Browns. Come on now. It's over. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think their saving grace is going to be the Steelers are a horrible football team on the offensive <laughs> side. And, uh, you know, Big Ben might get eaten alive by Miles Garrett. But, I mean, gosh, I really wanted to pick against this team. But, you know, without what, in my opinion, is the coach of the year and Kevin Stefanski, it's going to be a tough job to get done. But, uh, you know, funny anecdote about last year's game is I, I showed my mom, who doesn't watch, you know, a ton of football, that play about Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, my gosh, is that guy in jail now? <laughs> I mean, it was basically an assault on the football field with a deadly object. It was. I mean, I That's exactly. If, football it, helmet recently, if it wasn't during a football like a game, ball. if it wasn't during a football game, that would literally be assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. <laughs> he, and, and if you look at Miles Garrett, you put a freaking six-foot-five, 290-pound man with a bowling ball with a face mask <laughs> attached to it, and you swing that at a guy's head and connect. Dude's in bars right now. Some so, damage. Um, you know, it, not much to say about this game. The Browns, you know, kind of, you know, slept walk in the second half after they got to a two-possession lead. You know, Mason Rudolph did what he did. He threw the ball deep and missed a two-point conversion, and the Browns got out of there with a the win. So, you know, good job. But I really wanted to pick against this Browns te- or the Steelers team in the playoffs, but without a head coach and uh, – with, I think they, they also said Joel Batonio and Kadero Hodge are on the COVID list mm. right now. So, without that offensive line at full strength, it's just going to be so tough against that Steelers D line with Spe- the defensive player they got TJ Watt. Oh, yeah. God, gonna, it, I, I hate it, but. I feel bad. I feel bad for. I don't feel bad for the Browns. I feel bad for the Browns fans because they waited since two, the first time since 2002 they made the playoffs, only to end, have it end up in this fashion. If they do win, well, hats off to them. Uh, put some respect on them. But until then. Oh boy, it's not looking good. And now going to the NFC North, we had the Vikings at the Lions. Two teams that had literally nothing to play for besides uh, putting on the show, which is kind of what we got from this game. I was entertained as hell. Uh, the Vikings walking away with this one, 37-35, your final score. 
And I mean, the refs, they, I, I, the refs kind of had it out for the Lions this game. Yeah, Matt Stafford. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it was not ugly, or it, sorry, it was very ugly. Not good for yeah. uh, for that Lions team. The 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 zebras out there were trying to get the revenge against some Lions because obviously something was up with this one. But we had the both of the quarterbacks. They absolutely balled out. Kirk Cousins put up over four hundred yards passing, three hundred or um, three touchdowns. Yeah, Matt Stafford and possibly his and probably. His last game with the Lions going for about 300 yards and another three touchdowns right there, too. And with this game, now you had the Vikings landing the 14th overall pick and the Lions with the 7th overall pick. And honestly, I was just entertained by this game. It was nice. Yeah, this was a great game to watch. I mean, that roughing the passer call might have been the worst call that I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it was a normal sack on 4th mm-hmm. and goal. The Lions were off the field. They had a great play, and then they called ghost roughing the passer call. I mean, that that ref needs to be fined, needs to be kicked out of the league, needs to go to the XFL even if they don't have any games. Sam to Miles um, Garrett. Yeah, that that guy just needs to get the heck out of here. Um, I mean, Matt Stafford, I think, cemented himself as the toughest player in the league with an ankle, knee, and wrist injury. I mean, how, how, why are you playing this game, Probably Matt ribs, Stafford? too. Let's just there throw was, the ribs Yeah, here. there's no reason for you to play this game. <laughs> And you come out here and you throw for almost 300 yards and three tubbers with no Kenny Galladay. I mean, this was an incredible performance by him. If he was, you know, campaigning or he was uh, auditioning for other teams, I would take this guy in a heartbeat if I didn't have a top 10 quarterback. So I hope for Stafford's hope and, uh, um, you know, this this Lions franchise needs a reset. But um, Stafford should go to a better team. I would hope he does. I get don't know if Detroit, he will or man. not. But, get him out of Detroit. Um, Detroit, yeah, get you've already Detroit. ruined Barry Sanders. You ruined Megatron. Please yeah. just let us have Matt Stafford. Please. I just want to see this guy succeed. That's it. Agreed. It, but unfortunately, that's too much to ask for because it's the Detroit Lions, and they are the worst franchise in all professional sports. Yeah. In our next game, we had the Jets at the Patriots with the Patriots with a little bit of a comfort behind win, 28-14 to this one. Yeah, Cam Newton waiting until the last game of the season to actually look good uh, with help from the Jets, of course. But he accounted for all four of the Patriots' touchdowns, three passing TDs, a reception on one-two, throwing for about 250 yards. And I guess he tried to save his career against this game. Ultimately, was is what it looked like because he looked like the quarterback that he was brought in and people were hoping he was going to be. And now, of course, the caveat is, is the Jets. But Cam Newton might have helped himself a little bit with this performance i think he helped himself get a backup job if he wants that i mean <laughs> to, to say that this guy looks like a starting quarterback in the nfl would say kendall hinton looks like a starting quarterback in the nfl oh, that's i tough. mean this this guy has just doesn't have it anymore i mean i would not trust him to run a jv franchise he continues to I mean, he almost had 50% of his season-long touchdown passes in this one game. Mm-hmm. That's tough to do. <laughs> uh, Cam Newton is – I don't know if he's just injured. He just, you know, put him, his body through so much hardship, you know, running was, the ball so many times on the goal line. That's the thing that a lot hits. of people were genuinely concerned about and were criticizing him about. Looks like his, his shoulder just doesn't work anymore. He throws way too many balls that bounce 17 feet in front of the, you know, the, the nearest receiver. So um, – I think it was extremely smart of the Pats to sign him to a one-year deal because now they don't have to worry about him going past this. And, um, you know, you had a little bit of excitement there at the beginning of the year. But Cam Newton's done. 
They need to figure out what they're going to do long time at quarterback. I think this is the perfect destination for one of these, um, you know, either one of the veteran quarterbacks like a Stafford or Ryan or another one of the guys like, or you can even throw Wentz in that category, mm-hmm. but, um, or, you, you know, you throw in Darnold or some, someone like that, that um, Josh McDaniels can take over. So um, the Pats are going to oh, be yeah. in the same situation as this, again, this last off season, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to be in the quarterback market. Apparently Stedham's not the guy that they want to go with. Hell no, he isn't. Cam Newton is definitely not that guy either. Hey, congrats to you, New England. You get a 15th overall pick for your Trebles Jets. Of course, you get the number two spot, and you get a brand new head coach because you finally fired. Who wants to go to the Jets? Uh, mm, I don't. I can't think of a good. I think the Jets could offer. They could probably offer Urban Meyer twenty a year, and he still would not accept it. The Jets. I don't think Urban Meyer's taking any job except the Chargers, except the Jags. Once they get Trevor Lawrence, yeah, maybe I guess the Jags too. But Trevor, if, if Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and twelve million a year is is probably what's going to take to get Urban Meyer back into football. And with this one, Alex, I just want to pat myself on the back because I did kind of have what people thought at the time was a hot take, especially that was after his Week One performance, where I said that Cam Newton was going to finish with more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. Did he? He finishes with eight passing touchdowns. 12 rushing touchdowns. Wow, that's awesome. Congrats, man. That's let a, me let me cash that one. I'll take that one. one to the bank. That's that's a good one, man. I will that's something I will proud myself. Of course, the other quarterback he had his typical game, you know, one touchdown, two interceptions, Sam Donald, he sucks. Uh and there's no saving his career. Nope, not uh, at all. At least Cam Newton had some time in the light. Uh Sam Donald's just never gonna have any time in the light. Our next game was an actually important one. The NFC East was fun to watch this week because almost everyone, pretty much everyone besides the Eagles, but even the Eagles did play a role. We'll get to that game because we got a few things to say. The Eagles did play a role in helping the, the eventual winner with that one. But we had the Giants outlasting the Cowboys 23-19 to at least stay in the hunt at this time in the day for a division championship and a spot in the playoffs. And this was, yeah, sure, this is just kind of a decent game, if my honest. Until the end, because we, in the same stadium, Alex, that we saw butt fumble, we saw butt recovery, okay? Because Wayne Gallman, dude, what are you doing? That was more of a crotch recovery. I don't know if that that got to the backside or not. Dude, he sat on the ball for a second. I'm going to count that, okay? I I want this. I want this to be a thing. It's like he was giving birth to a football that he just fumbled. I want a butt fumble, or we had the butt fumble recovery with this one. Because he broke it, he got the first down, and he sh- and, and that's all he just they needed. Dropped it. He just and lost. He just the ball. dropped it. And the- he was he wasn't even around anyone. He just there dropped was, it. This this was some just really he unnecessary. Could have slid down. There was some highly unnecessary drama to this game, but end up with the same thing. I mean, the Cowboys lock up the ten pick. It was at this point in time the Giants were feeling good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was a. Uh- this was both the NFCs or NFC East games were just tough to watch today. I mean, <laughs> they uh, they just it was like a comedy of errors in both games, and um, you know I'm sure we'll get to the uh, NF the, oh, yeah. the Sunday night game oh, yeah. later, but um, I mean I guess it was competitive if that's what you want to call it. But the, <laughs> the Giants and Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys really need Dak Prescott, and, and I mean you saw Jerry Jones come out today. Dak's got a lot of leverage. They're mm-hmm. going to have to get out the checkbook for him. And when you're paying Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, and Dak Prescott a lot of money, and Dak is, um, you know, he, he's going to get paid like that 38 to 39 to $40 million. Dak a year Prescott number. is going to get at least $40 million a year. Yeah. I, I would and not are you already paying Zeke 15 a year, and he's in his second year of his contract? You just paid Cooper a boatload of money. Hey, Cowboys. 
Welcome to Cap Hell. Hope you enjoy your time here. Yeah, it's, they're gonna they're gonna, gonna be, be it. if they don't win ten games next next year, they're they might be uh, in a situation where they gotta trade all these guys, and um, that's gonna be a tough spot to be in if you're a Cowboys fan. It's gonna be real bad if you're a Cowboys fan, especially yeah. because they haven't made the playoffs, I believe, or at least won the playoff game since was in nineteen ninety seven, something like that. Oh my gosh. Um, it's not not good, not good, not good for the Cowboys fans. But at the same time. You guys are obnoxious, and you deserve it. Our next game, we had the Falcons at the Bucks, with the Bucks taking this one in another route, um, back-to-back routes to end their season, for, um, regular season at least, 44-27. to 27. The Falcons kind of made it close at the end, but, you know, Tom Brady and that Bucks offense was just having – they were just doing everything against that Falcons secondary, which is not good. Brady with about 400 yards, four touchdowns, and Antonio Brown actually stepping up after Mike Evans left with the game with the knee injury, supposed to be back for the wild card. Not exactly sure yet, though. Mm, that but, looks a little iffy, actually. Uh, that's going to hurt them. Uh, unless you have Antonio Brown playing like this with 11 catches, 140 yards, a couple touchdowns, looking like the Antonio Brown them old, and they're able to keep this up. And I know I said the same thing about the Ravens. We said this last week that the Bucks, they okay, you blew out the Lions. Okay, you blew out the Falcons. Twice. Uh, yeah, I, 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 man, this is going to give them something to ride to the playoffs with. I just don't think it's real. It's just like, how much stock do you put into the Ravens and the Bucks the last couple of weeks? The Bucks played the Vikings, the Falcons twice, and the Lions. Like, you're supposed to beat up on these bad teams. And the issue with the Bucks this year is, and I'm going through their schedule now, is they lost to the Chiefs, they lost to the Rams, both playoff teams. They lost to the Saints in twice. that massive drubbing playoff team. They lost to the uh, Bears playoff team, unfortunately. Technically, yeah. <laughs> and they lost to the Saints again. They lost to all playoff teams. And, you know, I don't know if you know how the uh, the NFL works this year, but they're going to have to play all playoff teams going <laughs> forward. So to say that they have a chance to get to the NFC Championship game and even get past that, I'm just, I'm just like, it's, it's close to zero. It's not zero because you have Tom Brady and you have a lot of weapons, but this is just not the team that is going to be able to make a run. And yeah. – I'm just I'm worried that people are overhyping this team along with the Ravens because of who they played in the last four weeks and how good their offenses look. But this is what they've done all year. They look incredible against bad teams and they struggle against good teams. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're going to face in the playoffs. And Falcons, for your troubles, you get the fourth pick, a great pick to rebuild with, uh, especially with some of the trades. And also, you know, let's talk about Ralph Salah. He's going to set to interview with the Falcons and the Lions the Falcons, you guys are gonna have a good future ahead of you. You definitely need someone that could work on that defense of yours. What if they just what if they just trade Robert Sala straight up for Matt Ryan? That'd be awesome. I would love that. That that'd I would be, love that. That'd be a football there's, move. Hey, there's a there's a lot of hype around uh, Matt Ryan to the, the Niners and I'm gonna have to give you credit. You were ahead of this like Thank you. Know, eleven or twelve weeks before everyone else. Now all the mainstream media. What did like, I say? Like week Matt six. Ryan to the Niners. Reunite with Kyle Shanahan. Like no duh. Like yeah. Ross, my boy Ross Allen called this freaking twelve weeks ago. I am the media. I set the trains. <laughs> you are a big J journalist. Oh, that's what we do. And speaking about a team that shouldn't have made the plus, but they did. And when you talk about the Bears, let's talk about the two hundredth. Regular season matchup of the Packers and the Bears. With this one ending in the, I mean, what other way did you think this is going to end? The Packers went 35-16, and the, I mean, the Packers were doing nothing but just having fun and toying with the Bears the whole game. And we had Aaron Rodgers. Kind of sad, actually. 
I loved it because I don't like the Bears. But we had Rodgers pretty much securing his third MVP trophy. Makes some room in that trophy case because he's bringing in. He won in 2011-2014. Put up another two, about two video yards. Another four touchdowns. As he pretty much secures his uh, title as MVP. And the Packers secured their spot as the top seed. And they get the bye. And the Bears, unluckily... Still got my playoff spot because of a later Cardinals loss to the Rams. And this is just another thing that, that we've been talking about, Alex. The Bears, they they stumble. They they get off to a decent start. Then they hit a hot streak against bad teams. You have Mitch Trubisky and the Bears make the playoffs. All it does is give them a worse draft pick and makes it look like they can't have a future with them. It gives people false hope. And this is making the plus is pretty much a worst case scenario for the Bears in this situation. I mean, what are you going to do? Wait, you you think you're going to actually win the game? Your first game is going to be against the Saints in the two seed. Do you actually think you're going to win that game? No, all you did was get the worst draft spot. That's it, all you did. It, it's actually it's. I mean, as bad as the Bears' defense has looked in the past couple weeks, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a it's it's more of a winnable game. Than I think any of the AFC top seeds have. I, I, I think the Saints, just because the NFC is so bad, the Saints are the second best team by default, I think, in the playoffs right now. But they have a lot of holes in their offense. You have their whole running back room coming off of COVID. That's going to be a <laughs> tough scene. And Drew Brees is not the spryest of pups. And you have Leonard Floyd, and, or not Leonard Floyd, but uh, Khalil Mack. Um, you got, if Roquan Smith plays, I think that's going to be a huge you know deciding factor he's questionable right now but they have some playmakers on the defensive end and when you have a quarterback that's so statuesque like drew Brees is a good pass rush is gonna get to him and i think this is gonna be a closer game than everyone thinks and we could talk about that when we get to our playoff predictions at the is end Michael of Thomas this week back for that game? that's what that's their aim because they put them on ir so they can yeah. have them back so that everything all signs are pointing to yes our next game was a must-win game for the Colts. They played the Jacksonville Jaguars. They win this one 28-14. All thanks to none other, not Phillip Rivers, but the steal of the draft, Jonathan Taylor. He gets a franchise rushing record with 250 yards today off of 30 carries, two big-time touchdowns. And he really did put the team on his back to get this big dub. It got a little closer then. It was about 20-14 at one point. But the Colts are able to make the playoffs because the Dolphins lose. Jags already had the one pick. But the Colts, if we see a decent Phillip Rivers, they can win the game or two in these playoffs. If they're able to run the ball Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said steal of the draft, and you had a guy that was – just behind Jonathan Taylor in the rushing leaderboard, who was undrafted okay. in this okay, draft. Gotcha. Well, technically, he wasn't sealed the draft because he wasn't okay, drafted. Okay, I guess. I got you on technicality. Got you on technicality there. The best kind of be- correctness is off the technicality, Alex. <laughs> James Robinson's a much better value than, than Jonathan Taylor. Okay, value Jonathan, the draft. <laughs> here's the, okay, here's the issue is the Colts 12 weeks ago, once Marlon or. Marlon Mack got hurt in the first week, I think. Mm-hmm. Once he got hurt, you should have given the keys right over to Jonathan Taylor. They're trying to play around Naeem Himes. Uh, I mean, Naeem Himes is decent running back. And Jordan Wilkins carries. I mean, Naeem Himes is a great third down back, but that's what he is. He's a pass-catching running back. He's not your workhorse guy. Jonathan Taylor is built to be a workhorse guy. He's a one-cut guy. Perfect for that offensive line. Jordan Wilkins, you know, you know, great 
great guy, I'm sure, but he's just not what it takes to be a, a first and second. Here we go, Alex. Back. Alex, Jonathan Taylor is what Monty Ball was supposed to be in the NFL. That's exactly what, that's exactly he's, what he he's, is. He's Monty. He's Monty Ball with track star speed. Monty Ball without the alcohol problems, yeah. oh, oh, and oh. without the uh, the um the the issues of getting a little heavy around mm. the edges there mm. for Monty Ball. Yeah, you know, that, that's fair. <laughs> the shape of a bowling ball, which I don't know if is what you want out of your. Uh, I don't know. C.J. Henderson had some success uh, in the Super Bowl run when he was a bowling ball. So yeah, but not as a rookie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a fair Not point a right there. He's a veteran. C.J. Anderson gets <laughs> that ability to go out and you know have a couple too many cocktails and and get you know get an extra line at the buffet. There, he, he has a ring, man. A that gets you to Not the front rookie. of every line, guaranteed. Yeah. And now another team that also has a ring. We have the Chiefs, and Sanseri had the one seed. Uh, they rested everyone. The Chargers come in to kansas city and they beat the chiefs 38 to 21 with i mean that's not the story the story really is what justin herbert was able to accomplish this season he finishes his last game of, the, of his rookie year with 302 yards three passing touchdowns a rushing touchdown he now has the most passing touchdowns in a rookie season with 31 he has the most completions in a rookie season with 396 and give him take um remember that he didn't even start the first two weeks too so he did all this with two less games and he finished with just 37 yards short of the rookie passing yards record. And now the Chargers get the 13th pick after this win and they definitely have a bright future ahead of them. Gave Red Anthony Lynn. You get that defense healthy. You kind of bolster up that offense a little bit. Maybe the offensive line, um, that maybe the linebacking core, maybe the cornerback core, um, this draft and you're going to have a good team on your hands. So should the uh, offensive rookie of the year go to the Chargers team docker that doctor that um, stabbed <laughs> Tyrod Taylor in the lungs? Um, I mean that's the only reason that Justin Herbert got in the got the Justin Herbert office. paid the doctor to stab <laughs> Tyrod Taylor because he knew that he could ball out like this. He just needed his chance. I mean, can you imagine? So this is a this is a Chargers team that I think should have been in the playoff you know hunt with the the Browns of the world with the the, the Dolphins of the world with all those teams. Because, I mean, they blew four straight 17-point leads. How mm-hmm. crazy is that? I mean, good. You lose good every they, game by one score. <laughs> crazy. I mean, this is this is going to be the ideal team. And, and they didn't have Joey Bosa for a ton of the year, too. Mm-hmm. And Keenan Allen got hurt at the end. Austin Eckler missed a huge bulk of the games. They didn't have Derwin James all year. I think this is going to be a perfect team that, you know, almost flips their record next year going to be uh going to be tough to go against the Chiefs in that division but they're they're looking good as a playoff team and especially if they extend it keep it extended out to 7 going forward um you know this this Chargers team I think this is looking like the best coaching vacancy out there right now because you already have the built-in starting quarterback you have a defense with yeah, game everything. breakers and I don't know I, I like this team I like the way it looks on paper and as long as they get a coach that knows how to win in there, and that's not Anthony Lynn, um, they might have a, a, a path to the playoffs next year that looks a little easier. Mm-hmm. And now with this performance, unfortunately for Justin Jefferson, who I apologize because I forgot to mention, he broke not only Randy Moss's uh, uh, record for most receiving yards in a rookie season, but he broke the record for, for receiving yards in a rookie season. He amassed 1,400 yards. 
as a wide receiver two on this Vikings team. He, I mean, he's he not, got off to a slow start this year too. He didn't have a great first couple games. This guy is absolutely fantastic, and the, there's two problems at that line, or there's the main problem is that it the offensive rookie of the year or um, offensive player of the year MVP almost always is by default a quarterback award unless by some crazy stretch of the imagination that player does way more to outshine and although i mean justin jefferson he's breaking rookie records justin herbert yeah. he's breaking rookie records but just because justin herbert was breaking rookie records as a quarterback he's going to win that award yeah justin jefferson should in in the perfect world he'd be winning this but it's hard to not give it to a guy that's a quarterback honestly i'd be giving it to justin jefferson but the award is more than likely going to go to Justin Herbert. Let's be honest here. Agreed. Now, the next game we had, we had the greatest quarterback matchup of the entire season. Cardinals at Rams. Cardinals in a must-win situation. They lose Kyler Murray 12 minutes in the first quarter. Who do they bring in? None other than CFL veteran Chris Streveler against AAF legend arizona hotshots player best player of all time he's the goat for that team he's the goat for that league john wolford and strevler massey on 105 yards he actually had touched on this game to his intercession but besides wolford's pass first nfl pass going for interception i thought he actually looked pretty good and especially because jared goff is probably his signs are pointing to he's going to miss their wildcard game against the seahawks I don't think he's that bad of a replacement. <laughs> Am I, I wrong? If, if if I were the Rams, I would be hoping that Jared Goff can't throw the ball because John Wolford running this offense without Cooper Cup, you know, with a with a kind of a, a hurt Cam Akers in there, no Daryl Henderson, he looked significantly better than Jared Goff did because he can do a couple more things with the ball. You know, Jared Goff is by far the worst quarterback in the NFL when he's under pressure. And that's something that doesn't affect John Wolford because he doesn't really give a shit. You know, he'll go out there. He'll, he will, uh, you know, run around. He'll make some plays on the ground. He's actually mobile. I think Sean McVay is going to have a field day working with this guy. You bring in Cooper Cup again. Gets an extra week to work with him now too. Exactly. And you get him against a Seahawks offense that the Rams know inside and out. And one thing about that Rams or that Seahawks defense is when you get Jamal Adams blitzing, Jared Goff is not a, a moving target. You know where he's going to be. He's going to be right in the middle of the pocket, barely moving around. But with Wolford on there, you can actually try to move him around. You can, you know, sprint him right, sprint him left, you know, do some zone read stuff with him, get, you know, the Seahawks defense guessing. And I think their only chance to win this game on Saturday is if they start John Wolford. And that's not what you pay Jared Goff a hundred plus million dollars a year to, or uh, over the next couple of years to do. Now, your floor with John Wolford may drop a little bit. It's The floor is the, the, the basement, and the ceiling is the ceiling. The floor is the roof, as Michael Jordan says. But That's what I was trying to go for. What is this? The ceiling is the roof? I don't even know what he was. He, he, he said the ceiling is the, the roof. The he, roof is the ceiling. Something, something way there. But man, if cigars, you're going to try to beat the Seahawks, you're a good team. You're going to have to make some plays. You're going to make yeah. some plays. And AAF legend 
John Wolford is your man. Also, I just love the reception. I wish I they had video of this, but apparently um, the, the whole team was waiting till John uh, entered the locker room, then they erupted because technically John Wolford is now ent entering his first NFL playoff game as a undefeated quarterback. And in must-win situations, John Wolford is undefeated. Therefore, he's the most clutch quarterback in the NFL at this point in time. He also so. rushed the ball six times for 56 yards. And, we, you know, we said he was mobile, but – that's almost 10 yards of carry. That's nothing to uh, nothing to bat your eyes at if no. you're any other defensive coordinator trying to prep for this guy. Not at all. Same with that in that division, though. We had the Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers who are playing in, who normally play in Santa Clara. Now play in Arizona. So, I mean, San Francisco is just kind of a – it's just kind of a name at this point. It doesn't really mean much. But the Seahawks actually have to rally for a late win over the Niners. They were down 16-6 to in the fourth quarter. The Hawks put up 21 unanswered thanks to two Tyler Lockett touchdowns. With So now the Seahawks end the season on a four-game winning streak. But the thing is, Niners surprisingly kept things close most of the season, even with all their injuries. And that's thanks to the defense. And that's thanks to Rob Solid because he probably coached his last game with the team. We talked about him looking at Don't the Dolphins and, and Lions. I'm sorry, Alex, but it, it has to be done. It, it I wish point. the Broncos had a good coordinator so I can rip on you for them losing them, but they don't. Ha! The, the, I, I love being bad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this game, though? Uh, I mean, this Niners team, they play hard every single week. I almost want to give Kyle Shanahan a coach of the year vote just because of how hard he coaches his guys up. And, um, you know, they, they come to play for him every single week and they had the most players on the IR this entire year. They had the most games missed. They won injury. the injured bowl. They won they the were, injured oh bowl. They, they were almost playing a G league team, you know, <laughs> pardon my uh, basketball reference on a football podcast here, but I forgive you. They were, they were playing a minor league team the whole year with the, we're on the third string quarterback. Their defensive line got battered at the beginning of the year, and they still were competitive in every game. They, you know, had a hand in kicking the Cardinals out of the playoffs, which I'm sure they loved as a fellow <laughs> NFC West opponent. Um, the uh, it's something I forgot to mention in that Bucks game, but you know, Antonio Brown looked great that game. But you know, well, how much of that was he needed 11 catches to get his quarter of a million dollar bonus? Right. <laughs> I mean, and the same thing here with um, with uh. uh Russell Wilson and David Moore, they got him. That oh, he threw the little hit. pop pass. He calls the yeah. audible in, in the, they're supposed to kneel down. He throws a pop pass again. His, you, you like love it though. I mean, who cares? If these I love owners that, have, man. These, over, these owners have plenty of money. Get these guys paid. Get That's a such bonus. a team move. I love that yeah. so much. That was probably the best part. We saw like all these, you see just a normal catch, and then you see a player celebrating. It was because, oh, they just made like a couple hundred thousand dollars with that catch. Yeah, that's not, not, not a battle of chunk of change to catch a football, right? No, no. Uh, shoot, if I could do that, man, I'd be the happiest person in the world. And now our next game, let's gloss over because the Raiders at the Broncos, 32-31. Little AFC divisional matchup, just like um, going for the Chargers and Chiefs. We go to Raiders and Broncos. Raiders rallied to win in what ended up actually being a pretty good game, all things being said, to end the season. The teams combined for 28 points in the fourth quarter alone. But it's just good that both uh, that the season's done for both teams because both of them have a lot of work to do. The Broncos already opening up a GM position, uh, so they're already looking for that. They have a lot to talk about in terms of draft, in terms of Drew Locke. Then also, same thing could be said for the Raiders. They have a bad – I mean, both teams don't have the greatest of head coaches. So my – 
the worst situation is probably for the Raiders because, you know, 10 years, $100 million for John Gruden. Not good. Uh, and then uh, I don't know what you do with Derek Carr, especially because we always we've heard that ever since Gruden got in there in what was Oakland, now Vegas, he's not a fan of Derek Carr. He was he was seen yelling at Derek Carr in this game. So it's it's going to be interesting where both teams go from this. The Broncos finish with the ninth pick. The Raiders finish with the 17th pick. And at least when the Broncos lose in heartbreaking fashion, they secure a top 10 draft spot. So, uh. I'm going to bite my tongue on this game because I'm Thank just going to go in on Alex, the Broncos. Alex, lock, but, you, you've said uh, it all season. Just let me have one week starring in my own misery without you adding on. Is that is that okay? Late like Christmas gift? I mean, New Year's gift? Is that a thing? We'll see. What was not a gift, though, was what the Saints gave to the Panthers in this game as they destroyed them 33-7. The Saints were out the Panthers. They secured their second seed in the NFC while, as you mentioned earlier in the show, missing all of their running backs due to COVID-19 contact tracing. And it wasn't really this offense. I mean, the offense did fine, obviously. They put 33 but as the defense is shining bright with five interceptions on this game with Teddy Bridgewater throwing two. He got benched for MVP Jay Walker, the greatest quarterback to ever grace the great iron of the XFL. And he goes out and he throws three interceptions. Um, yeah, tough, tough look for the uh, Carolina Panthers quarterbacks there. But, um, you know, I, I think it was uh, an OK year for the Panthers. It was obviously a rebuilding year. <laughs> Um, I don't know why they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a multi-year deal. I think a, a one-year deal would have been fine, and now you can go in and um, you spent every single draft pick in 2019 on a uh, on a defensive player, and so now I think they can go offense heavy. And um, you had Christian McCaffrey kind of take the year off this year, and mm -hmm. you don't have that much tread on his tires going forward. He was getting a ton of work the first couple of years, so give him a little break, get him refreshed. Um, I think the uh, the NFC South is a division that's definitely aging. Um, you have three quarterbacks in there that are all, you know, at the the twilight of their career. So if the Panthers um, could have somehow found a way to get one of those top quarterbacks, I still think they they might try to get a quarterback like trade a up, they probably Zach trade Wilson. up maybe. Um, yeah, but I, I think a quarterback, they they're missing a quarterback, which they, isn't bad. They have, they have they have Robbie Anderson, they have DJ Moore, they have McCaffrey. They need a tight end, they need an offensive line, and they need a quarterback. Their defense is going to age another year. They're going to get a little bit better. They got their head coach in there. They'll probably lose Joe Brady to a head coaching job, but um, you know, Saints. What do you want to say? They they look fine. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about them in the playoff yeah. preview. But this well, game was kind of a gloss go, over. Go for the Panthers though, because I mean, it, it kind of like the Dolphins, where you don't have the well, Dolphins had the better season, but you're you're the Panthers. You don't have the best of seasons, but you get a good draft pick with number eight. You have your head coach, and you have a lot of positives to build off of. And you, there's there's easily a bright thing going forward, especially as you mentioned, Alex. It's an aging division. If you're able to be this young team and just trust the process and build it. Those teams are going to taper out. They're going to be finished, and that division is going to be there for your taking. So, Panthers, just keep building, stay with it, and you could easily be the winner of that division the next uh, few seasons. Now, the winner of this division, though, we had the AFC South, and we had the Texans almost playing spoiler to the Titans. Uh, the Titans win this one 41-38 thanks to a 
field goal as time expires that bounces off the left upright that much scared the hell out of that rookie kicker because oh man imagine having that be how uh you go into overtime imagine how that's kind of your your shining moment of your rookie season but the story of this game is really Derrick Henry. He becomes the eighth player ever to rush for 2,000 yards. He finishes with 2,027 on the season. He's the first 2,000 rusher since Adrian Pearson did that in his MVP run in his comeback player of the year kind of um, situation too back in 2012. And I hate to say it, but, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we kind of told you so like a month ago. So Yeah, I mean, this uh... – this was a nail biter and you know hats off to the titans here for um you know they get the ball with 18 seconds left tie game and you thought okay you know they're just gonna kneel the ball go to overtime but ryan Tannehill drops back and just throws a bomb to aj brown an absolute bomb and I don't Who, know, by the way had the a texans, phenomenal game too what AJ are the brown. texans doing playing no safety and uh you know the last one of the last plays of the game baffles my mind how you give up a 54-yard throw. Can we call it um, taking like what the Eagles did because they don't have their draft pick in the first round? Thank you, Bill O'Brien. You can't. I mean, there's no reason for the Texans to lose this game. And um, silver lining is, uh, you know, obviously Watson now finishes as the league's leading rusher, which is good for him. Passer. Or league's leading passer, excuse me. <laughs> um, good for him. I, I was, you know, caught up with Derrick Henry being a 2,000-yard But almost 5,000 passing yards on the season on almost. a 4-12 team cr- with Brandon Cooks. And, and as um, is your kind of wide receiver one kind of wide receiver. And then you two? had you know, obviously uh, Will Fuller got hurt. You had Chad Hansen coming off the last couple. Hurt last or couple Peds, games. whatever you want to call it, of course. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, hurt, hurt uh, mentally um, is what I'll call. Deshaun Will Fuller, Watson is is he can't say enough about that. He guy. deserves so much better. Uh, so and, much better. And, and luckily for and you, Texas young. fans, you go from moving on earlier this season from one ex-Patriots staff member, Bill O'Brien, to another Patriots staff member. Your GM is going to be Nick Casario, former Patriots. Um, I think player like player manager whatever the hell that, that but he's a, but he's called. a gm he's not a head coach no, which is i think a good distinction also who, good distinction who has he drafted uh with the patriots at least and then also he was a guy that he tried to get in 2018 that the patriots didn't let you get and well, now I don't, you, I don't believe i don't believe he was the director of scouting he was the director of player personnel which player i mean personnel, ob- yeah. obviously they they have some you know they have obviously a crossover but i think he was more you know in the realm of development of signing free agents which the patriots did they signed a good amount of free agents that um you know they developed they signed stefan gilmore they signed um both the mccordy brothers they signed a couple players on the defensive side they i still don't know how i feel about patriots stuff. and we, we talked about this a number of weeks ago how we've seen the success of at least head coach bill Bryan, adam gase yeah matt patricia all bad. I mean, maybe the player personnel positions, you know, the front office positions might be a little bit different than the head coaching. But if you're looking, the track record isn't great. And eh, I don't know about this move if I'm the Texans. But that yeah. leads us to the last game of the season. And Alex, <gasps> what better way to end Sunday Night Football to end the week, uh, to end the 2020-2021 regular season with the battle for the NFC East. We had the Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. The football team wins this 20-14. to 14, All thanks to Doug Peterson screwing over the Giants in one of the worst things I acts of coaching I've ever seen as my time watching the NFL. 
you bench Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfield, who hasn't thrown the pass since 2018. You're down six in the fourth quarter. And this causes not only every player to hate you, you have a defensive tackle having to be held back. Uh, otherwise, he's going to get in your face at least. Maybe something worse, probably not, but at least going to get in your face. And th honestly, this is one of the most dis disrespectful acts of the football. And if I'm a giant, it was fan, egregious. It, Ross, it, was it was egregious. Egregious, Alex. A, a are you this? I am extremely pissed off at Doug Peterson for this. I feel like a Giants fan and player, although they should just won an extra game or two if they really want to be pissed off. But that's besides the point. The Eagles, I've never seen a team blatantly tank this bad in, in, in the game. Never. I, I, I think what I think what helped them a lot was um, Nate Sudfeld looked horrible. So I, I think that made this this look a lot worse than what it what it What'd actually was. What you expect from him? I mean, he, well, here's the thing: is like. If I were in the Eagles' position and I were, you know, down and, you know, didn't really affect the game or didn't really affect the outcome if I won or not, I would want to lose too. But here's a couple a couple factors in here. You're playing against a division rival. You live in a city where the fans will turn on you quicker than anything. Your fans so, do snowballs at Santa Claus. Your fans dis uh, disrupted a presentation for the Philadelphia Flyers for a guy suffering from cancer. Those fans yeah. don't care. The, the fans, the, the fans are ruthless, and I, I think it's, uh, I think it's safe to say if the fans were in the building, this wouldn't have gone down like this. I think there would have been debris flying onto the field, but mm -hmm. um, horrible display by the Eagles. Football team sneaks in at seven and nine. I think they did a, everything went to solid by not letting the Giants get into the playoffs, which <laughs> would have been more egregious in my standpoint. But um, you, you can't really be pissed if you're a Giants fan because you went six and ten. You, you no. went six and ten, and. You didn't deserve to be in the playoffs either. No one deserved to be in the playoffs from this NFC least. And, uh, I mean, I guess the Eagles better hit on this number six pick because if they don't, there's going to be hell to pay. And, uh, I mean, I, I feel like we might see some French Revolution type stuff from those Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fans. You know, heads on stakes. Uh, he's probably going to bring the guillotine to Doug Peterson's house. Uh, yeah. I would – honestly, we say that as a joke, but – I would not be surprised. I would these Philly fans. <laughs> no, I really wouldn't. A part of me just is baffled by them, but a part of me kind of respects just how awful they are because it takes crazy a legitimate are. amount of effort to be this awful. Yeah. So I, this is a this is going to be a tough uh, tough off season for the Eagles. But there we go, Alex. That's week seventeen in the books. That's the NFL regular season in the books. That's all f before fourteen teams. That's the end of the season. It's time for the off season for them. And so let's get into our playoff predictions. First, let's talk about this wild card weekend because, as we talked about earlier, Alex, it certainly is going to be wild. I'm sorry, that was just so hanging fruit had to be said. Super wild. Um, but the of course we're going to see the on Saturday we get the Colts at the Bills, we get the Rams at the Seahawks and we get the Bucks at the football team. And so out of these Saturday games, what I have going down is I have the most predictable thing in the NFC at least because all the top seeds win I mean or besides the football team in the Bucks because basically the top seed right like in actual team if it wasn't for a division winner they were not in the playoffs so the Bucks beat the uh, football team we have 
the Seahawks beating the Rams. And, we, of course, we had the Saints just kind of showing that the Bears that they um, don't belong in the playoffs. Um, then all over on my wild card for the AFC, we we're talking the Bills uh, against the Colts at home. Who else is going to win this game? It's the Buffalo Bills. We have the Steelers rematching their Week 17 game against the Browns at home. Who else is going to win this game? Not the team without the head coach. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, unfortunately. And out of probably the best game of, of at least in the AFC in this round ones, the Titans and the Ravens, two teams that have almost the exact same game plan as we alluded to earlier. I got the Titans winning this one. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is kind of boring because especially in the NFC side, you have a team in the Bears that should never make the playoffs because of they had a six-game losing streak in the middle of the year. How do you make the playoffs going 0-6 over six weeks? That's just ridiculous. You have the Rams going to either start uh, a guy with a broken thumb who can't throw when he's got a perfect thumb, <laughs> and then you have a Washington football team playing who's 7-9 and nine with a quarterback with, uh, you know, Alex Smith, great story, great guy, comeback player of the year, but he has no business starting a playoff game, and that offense has no business being on a field, um, you know, on a, a January afternoon. So, um, tough look for the NFC here. They, I mean, we kind of harped this all season long. Is the NFC just wasn't good this year? It's like the Eastern Conference in, in basketball the last couple of years. They, um, but the problem with the NFC is they're not even top heavy. Like the <laughs> Packers, they're good, but. I wouldn't pick the Packers over the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Titans, I think, are toss-ups against mm -hmm. the Packers, even though the Titans just got blown out um, you know, on a neutral field. I think that's a way closer game. NFC's bad. Uh, it's going to make it a lot easier for those top seeds to, to get through. And then in the AFC, I think you have a lot more room for a closer games. I mean, as good as the Bills have looked, and I think they're the – either the number one or the number two contender in the whole NFL this year. And, and, you know, the chiefs are kind of going on autopilot into the playoffs and the bills have just stomped on guys' throats the last couple of weeks, but the Colts are a freaking good team. They have a game script. That's going to allow them to slow the game down. They have a really good defense. They have a running game, Jonathan Taylor. If they get him cooking, they have a healthy offensive line, Phillip rivers. Um, you know, the Tredavious white, I think is going to feast on T Y Hilton this game, but they have an experienced quarterback, a good run game, a good defense. This is not going to be a walkover game for the Bills. And um, even though the Bills have been great this year, they still don't have the playoff acumen and the playoff experience that you'd want out of a seed that, um, you know, is or a team that's going to go challenge the Chiefs. So mm -hmm. you never know what that game. Steelers-Browns, it sucks that Stefanski's going to be out. <laughs> it sucks that those offensive lines are going to be out. I thought this was going to be an incredible game, and I thought the Browns were going to pull it out. But um, without your head coach of the year, it's going to be tough. And Titans-Ravens is the best game on the board right now. Um, it's going to be a game, like we said, it's going to take about two and a half hours. So get your, <laughs> uh, get your dinner plans ready um, or get your breakfast plans ready. This is going to be the morning game here. So, uh, I mean, that's the game I'm most excited for on this whole slate. And, um, it's going to be, I think, a predictable side in the NFC, and the AFC is going to have some room for some wiggle. But So who um, takes that Titans-Ravens game for you, then? If I got it's the gonna Titans. It's going to be the Titans for me, too, because I Titans. absolutely love the way the Titans play. Mm -hmm. uh, they are, they're not great on defense, but um, you know they, they showed it last year against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's predictable, and if you have a defensive-minded head coach like Mike Rabel and you give him some time to scheme against – um, you know, a, a, a game or a team like the Ravens and 
in the playoffs, things speed up a little bit. And especially for a quarterback that's not as accurate with the pass game, you speed him up a little bit. He's got room to, to make some mistakes, which he did last year. So I think the Titans, even though they're the, um, the betting underdogs right now, I think they're coming into this game with a higher likelihood of winning. And it's in Nashville. You don't have to worry about, you know, bad weather like you do in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So um, I like the way this, this game is, is shaping up. I think the Titans pulled out, but that's going to be a close one. So that's going to bring us into our divisional round the following yep. week. In the NFC side, we're going to have the number one seed Packers against the number five seeded Bucks. Then we're going to have the number three seeded Seattle Seahawks against the number two seeded Saints. Now, going with this Packers Bucks game, of course, remember way back, I think it was like week three or four or something like Oof. that, the Bucks really gave it to the Packers. And this is really the, the only bad game that the Packers really had this year, of course. That Vikings team was hot at the time. It wasn't the best of losses there, but this is truly a awful game. And the thing is, though, the Packers were they were good like going into that game, but they're a totally different offense at this point in time. I think this is going to be a closer game. It's probably going to be within a score, but I ultimately have the number one seed Packers coming out uh, with a win in this one, especially because you're 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 the Tampa Bay Bucks. You're going from Tampa Bay, Florida. You're going from warm in winter. You're going up to the one of the coldest parts in America with this game. Okay, it's that's going to be hard. And, and they and they got to play in Washington the week before, and that's going to be a that's going to be a physical game. As bad as the Washington offense is, that that defensive line and that that uh, that that whole front seven is going to mm-hmm. beat you up. And so, um, especially if Mike Evans is not a hundred percent and. Uh, Packers have revenge on their mind. I think it's going to so be a tough Chase game. Young, I mean, you talked about it before the show, and you talked about it before his one move, and he can't beat double teams. But at the same time, if he's able to get a single matchup, which the Patriots are doing this, they're making a huge mistake. But if he's yeah. able to get his body on Tom Brady, Tom Brady's going to be a little banged up going to this game too. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a, a physical battle over there in Washington. So. Um, I don't think the the Bucks are going to be 100% going into that game against the Pack. And then the next game in the NFC is going to be the number three seeded Seahawks against the number two seeded Saints, which I think is going to be a phenomenal matchup. Uh, when, if and when this goes down, it's going to be a really close game until the end. It's going to be, I, I think it's going to be less offense and more defensive with this one. Is I'm probably going the Saints have a good defense. Uh, especially late in this year. Um, and we're going to kind of see the Seahawks team that we saw kind of in the middle of the season, uh, maybe near the, like the, the second half, middle of the season, where their offense wasn't putting in big numbers. They weren't really performing. That's probably the Seahawks we're going to get in this game. So I see a really grinded out match between these two teams with the Saints taking this one. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Is I think it's going to be a similar game script that you said, but I think in a close matchup, I want the mobile quarterback. I want the guy that's going to be um, have just the most options on the offensive side, and I think that's Russell Wilson and to a T. And at you know the fourth quarter when it comes down to a possession each on both sides, who's going to win the game? I'm going to take Russell Wilson over Drew Brees, and I don't think it's close. Oh, see, that's where it's wrong because I mean, I'm going to kind of say this. Let's put the asterisk in there. That's a joke, but Jameis Winston is going to be playing this game. Uh, and that's why they're going to be able to win. <laughs> I think they have a higher chance if they play Jameis. But. I- they, they probably do. Sorry, sorry, Drew Brees. You're top four quarterback of all time, uh, but but please forgive Not me. Not a top four quarterback in this playoff. Uh, yeah. Um, then, then in the AFC, we're going to get a rematch of a last year's, um, I think, division round two, maybe? Um, 
uh, no, I believe the conference conference uh, championship between the conference Chiefs at the yeah. Titans. Where the Titans, they were up 17-7 at one point. And, of course, the Chiefs kind of steamrolled in the last bit of the game. But we get a great rematch. But in this one, I mean, it's it's got to be the Chiefs. It, I don't – the Titans' defense is nowhere near good enough to slow down this Chiefs' offense. Mm-hmm. It, Chiefs it's, are going to score as many points as they want. The Titans are probably going to lose by 14 in this one. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Chiefs, uh, they can name their score against this Titans defense as um, – as, as, sorry about that, Siri. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Chiefs are going to be able to name their score here. The Titans, they can try to run the ball as much as they want. But, um, you know, the Chiefs are going to win this game going away. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they're going to have a tougher they, – they would have a tougher um, – you know, matchup against the Ravens here, but uh, I think lucky for the Chiefs, the Titans are going to get that drop done against the Ravens and then going to have a tough time going against the Chiefs offense. And now the next game is going to be the Bills versus Steelers is what we're saying. And we get a rematch of something we saw earlier this year where we saw a Bills team that was forced in like back a week and everything was messed up. They ended up losing a somewhat close game against the Steelers with this one. But... They're a totally different team. The Steelers are a totally different team at this point of the season. The Bills win this game, and like the Chiefs and Titans game, they win it by two scores. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't see how the uh, the Bills have any problem with the Steelers. They already played them this year. Defensively, they, offensively, what I mean, what can the Steelers throw at them that's going to really do anything? Yeah, I, I just I don't see how this game is close at all. And TJ um, Watt needs five sacks this game for it to be close. <laughs> and you might need double that. I mean, the, the problem is I think you know head to head, Josh Allen might be the only quarterback in the NFL right now that could take on TJ Watt. So mm-hmm. uh, it's <laughs> he's it's, a big dude. It's going to be a long afternoon for the uh, the Steelers in this game. Exactly. Now in our conference championship weekend in the NFC side, we're going to have. None other than the number one Packers against the number two Saints. And that's in my opinion. But that's just because, like we talked about all year, the NFC has been super predictable. There hasn't been much, like, great competition. I mean, it's been competitive, but not in the ways you want it to be. So I just got the number one and two in this one. And although preseason, I did say that. I I believe I said the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, They're going to get close. But the Packers are clearly the best team in the NFC. And the Saints just aren't going to be able to match up offensively. Maybe defensively is where they can win this game. But, I mean, you got the Saints a doomed team. Once again, going to the frozen tundra. It's not a good matchup. Yeah, not a good look here. And, uh, I mean, I have a different matchup here with the Seahawks playing the Packers. But um, going to be sold. a rematch. <laughs> gonna, yeah, going to be a rematch of, uh, of last year. You yeah. know, the, the Packers are going to come out on top. I don't think the, uh, the Seahawks defense has any you know any idea because you know what do that Seahawks defense do well and they, they blitz the quarterback Jamal Adams that's you know, Jamal Adams I mean TJ Watt needs five sacks if they want if the Steelers want a chance Jamal Adams probably needs eight sacks if they want yeah, a chance. well here's the problem with that is Aaron Rodgers I think is the best quarterback in the NFL at a recognizing a blitz and yeah B, the blitz so it's not good <laughs> not, not a good recipe for success if you're the Seahawks so Packers gonna win this one going away I think and then the AFC side, we got the Chiefs at the Bills for both of us. And Alex, can you believe it? The team that I have is the number one uh, uh, team in the league in, in last week, going into the week 17. They're the best team. The team that is the only one in the league that could beat the Chiefs, the team with the, the quarterback with the duel I want to see, is also 
the, you know, the team that for the first time since like 1999 or whatever won a division crown is the team that's going to advance to the Super Bowl. The Bills are going to upset the Chiefs and they're going to make it all the way to the big game. I mean, it's they definitely are. The, I think they're the only team in the NFL that has a chance to beat the Chiefs. And I think, unfortunately, for the NFL, whoever wins out of the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl going away. Um, it's going to be the Chiefs or the Bills. I might look stupid stupid in a couple weeks if both those teams get upset in the division <laughs> Right. Round. It's going to hurt. Um, I, don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. And uh, I'm on the other side. I think the Chiefs are going to win that game. But um, it's going to be close, and it's going to be an absolute shootout. And I cannot wait to watch that game. No matter what, the Super Bowl is going to be phenomenal because it – we're probably going to get either um, Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers against Josh Allen. And either of those I'd be more than happy with. But for me, the Super Bowl is going to be a Bills-Packers Super Bowl with two seed against the one seed. And once again, Alex, saying so, but this miracle team is going to go all the way this season. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. 55 you could put that one in the books i would i would love that i would really love that to happen i i don't think they have the uh the seasoning quite yet to you'll need that. seasoning they the seasoning's overrated Dude, Alex. this is this is the year for them to do it because they have a super exciting team they have the hottest quarterback in the nfl the you got america all of the entire country behind they better, this team they better let fans in whatever whatever uh you know capacity they can but um, I, I think they, they, the Bills fans might just say F the COVID protocol. And They're just going to storm it. Yeah, just going to storm it. We're going to see the Bills win the Super Bowl. Force in, in, the, Alex, in the world that can stop that fan group. Whether it be in New York, whether it be in New England, whether it be they have to go to Canada, whether it be across the entire United States, you're not going to be able to find a single folding table left in stores across America because they're all going to be broken with Buffalo Bills putting each other through it. And I am all here for it i can't wait for it i but really cannot wait. your official super bowl pick is it's it's the kansas city chiefs i, I feel uh, like saying it. i really i really do but that's I mean, fair they're the best team in the nfl yeah i mean they it's... have the best quarterback this guy is unflappable late in games and you know it the the game speeds up in the playoffs and when the game speeds up you want a guy that's a good decision maker patrick mahomes is the ultimate decision maker um, I would say Aaron Rodgers is in that category as well, but he doesn't have the mobility that Patrick Mahomes does. He doesn't have the pure arm strength that Patrick Mahomes does. So um, I trust him. I trust Andy Reid. I trust that Chiefs offense a lot more than I trust any other unit right now in the NFL, and that's what it's going to come down to, and that's what's going to win them the game. Well, we nonetheless, we both have AFC champions with this one. Alex, yep. you are taking officially the Chiefs over the Packers, and I will be taking the Bills over the Packers. And I, if this is Super Bowl, we can get, fingers crossed, probably what it's going to be. It's going to be way uh, better than the one with two years ago. This might be, yeah, I'm saying, it might be hard to say now, but this is honestly shaping up to be one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Might be the highest scoring Super Bowl of all time. And if that happens, I would not be disappointed. Sign me up for it. But there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is going to do us. That has been 17 weeks now. Um, actually, 18 if you want to throw in the preseason uh, prediction show with this one, Alex. 18 weeks of NFL content with this one. And we still have the playoffs to go. So, Alex, I I just absolutely cannot wait for these playoffs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Super wildcard weekend. Get me there now. 
Oh, I could already see that big play of Nachos calling my name. Ooh. Okay, yeah, Alex, but the real question is, too excited. the real question is, do I put chicken or beef on those nachos? I'm, I'm always been a beef fan. I think it just gives the, the most diverse flavor mm. profile. And, you know, chicken's, chicken's too vanilla, especially for a wild card weekend this big. I mean, maybe chicken might be your, your move because it's a little lighter than the beef there, and you're going to have to go through three games of this. But, um, <laughs> you know, this is uh, the first first year ever we have two seven seeds in the playoffs. We're so going to have to do it big. I think we're going to have to do a fan vote on that one. You guys, uh, beef or chicken? Leave that in the comments. Also, it might throw up on Twitter and Instagram. So, uh, <laughs> of course, Twitter, at 4th Long Radio. Instagram, at 4th and Long Radio. Of course, I mean, it's really been a pleasure talking to you guys at least all this regular season. I know most of our teams, you and me, Alex, they're not in it anymore. So that's why I'm officially dedicating myself to the Buffalo Bills. Um, I am officially joining Bills Mafia with the statement, Alex. They are the team that I want to see when it all is. I mean, they deserve it, man. I, I want to see the Titans go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the Titans bandwagon. That honestly, it won't be sides the Chiefs at this at this point. Uh, but that's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, um, Twitter, Instagram, just go to the website www.thefourthandlong.com for all of your sports talk needs. Also, buy some merch. Buy some merch, please. Oh yeah, look at this. Look at that. I mean, Alex is nice font there. Nice font. Look at that font. That's a lobster font. Okay, that's lobster. And that, that's a high quality font right there. Yeah. Um, sweatshirts, awesome. long sleeves, um, hoodies, you know, all everything. We got tank tops. We got T-shirts, tribal T-shirts. Then just want to say thank you to our Patreon sponsors. Of course, you can go to Patreon. Just a dollar a month. It gets you in the door. Patreon.com slash fourth and long. Our sponsors today are going to be Ray Rodriguez, courtesy of his Instagram account. Follow for all your card needs at Big Bat Box. Also, check out big thanks to Ryan Watson and also Neil Wiley. Check out his YouTube, Chosen Problems. But Alex, thanks for being along the this ride for 17 weeks now. And hey, man, can't wait to talk to you after the first round of the NFL playoffs.